Welcome back to Conspiracy Club. I'm Tom. And I'm here. And this week we're bringing you the finale to our Jonestown series. Uh, the fourth episode, I believe. And yeah, the, the ultimate end. You know what's going to happen in this episode. This is the episode when Jack Nicholson gets involved. Yeah, surprisingly, it takes a weird left uh, turn right yeah, there. He gets nuts on this episode. Whoa. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. That was Tim Burton. No, that was not Tim Burton. That was Michael Keaton, but... Okay. Same. From Batman? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Just checking. You ready to get into it then? Yeah, dude. This is a dance in a museum while listening to Prince. I'll say this too. I said it last time. I missed it on the second episode, but my thanks uh, again go out to the Jonestown Institute for providing all these clips for us that we um, have populated throughout the episodes. They provided all the clips in a huge database there, and uh, they also have... Um, transcriptions of them yeah, which makes it really to, helpful shout out to john at the institute dude he really helped us out i don't know who john is but there's i'm sure there's a, a john yep, there so he's gonna feel good about it now all right so this is appropriately uh, titled the end uh on november 14th 1978 leo ryan a u.s congressman from the san francisco area traveled to jonestown to investigate claims of abuse within the church Ryan was friends with the father of a temple member whose body was found mutilated near train tracks on October 5th, 1976, three days after a taped phone conversation was had in which he mentioned leaving the temple. Yeah. Ryan's interest was only stoked uh, by additional allegations from numerous there's individuals. A lot, there's going to be a lot of people disagree with what I've said. A lot of people running scared around here. I can smell it in the damned atmosphere. They're running scared. Hell's fire. We've been through 84 white nights. Far to look at what are we going to say to him in the first place? What are we going to say to some bitch coming here? Where's you? Where do you? What do you believe? We believe in the Jesus saves. No, I don't know what Jesus about anything about Jesus saves. What are we going to tell him about our church? Said we're not. We have. We, he's got a responsibility. To look at the IRS. You can't win. I'm telling you, with this kind of a prick, you can't win. Our children treat him all nice. He met the basketball team. Come tripping in our house at midnight last night. Midnight, and come tripping in there and telling Sharon Amos, he said, I've heard a lot of dirty stuff about you, and I'm going to talk to you privately. I said, tell him to go to hell and, uh, and get lost. You don't have to tell him anything. He's not your counselor. He's not your goddamn priest. He thinks he's sent down here from the Holy Father of Rome, and the Constitution and the Monroe Doctrine gives him a privilege to go everywhere he wants to. It also gives me the right to shoot him in the ass with one of the Tom Grubbs' air about it. So if you want to see your congressman tomorrow, stick around. He may come in. I don't know how long he'll stay, and I don't know what necessarily will take place in what kind of sequential arrangement, but I can assure you that if he stays long enough for tea, he's going to regret it. The bitch. You got something to say to him? You want to talk to him? Anybody here want to see him? I don't, I don't feel comfortable about this fool coming out here testing our psychiatric balance. I don't know where he went to school, you know. I don't know anything about him. There's no way we're going to win if we, if we can't win for losing. If he comes out here, he'll say we're brainwashed. Or we're spaced out. Our eyes look extended. And they probably will. Because we, we to, to look at him, it'll take a bit of extending to do that. So I don't think you can win with these sons of bitches. And I'm, I'm 47 years. I've been running from folk for 47 years, only for others. I'm going to shoot somebody in the ass like him so bad so long, I, I'm not passing this opportunity up. Now, if they come in, they come in, they come in on their own wrist. That's what I figure. They're a bunch of shitheads. Initially, they were refused access, 
but persisted and declared that they would enter Jonestown regardless of Jim Jones's willingness. Oh, shit. So they find a body and the government's like, look, we're going in, dude. Yeah. Some wild shit is happening. We need to do an investigation. And Jim Jones is like, no. And they're like, we're coming in. And he's like, and the I ghost guess. is like, no, don't do that. He's like, that's the ghost. It's a Russian ghost. It's the ghost saying, don't do it. And he's like, and they're like, I don't give a fuck, Jimbo. Look at me, Jimmy. I don't give a fuck. I'm coming in there. Wow, Leo Ryan was far more aggressive you than I would have thought. You know the fuck you're looking at? I make, I make the fucking calls over here, boy. <laughs> I'm coming in there. I'm taking all the fucking spoiled meat you have in there. All your coke and your quaaludes. All your quaaludes. We're having a party. Yep. And then we're well, shutting oh, this oh, thing oh, down. Oh, oh, that's off the table, but... Well, I mean, after... I heard you have a bunch of flavor aid here, too. Is that yeah, true? we're taking that. We're taking the fucking eggs... All the fruits, your personal fridge, because I know you have one, Jim. Don't fucking hide it. And your kids. Well, there's too many of them. You can keep them. Oh. We're, we might come a little bit. We might come around 8 o'clock for them. Wink, wink. <laughs> you know, so if they want to have something to drink. No. Go ahead. <laughs> wink, wink. Okay, so <laughs> that night. They were received after they stiff armed them. They were received warmly and attended a musical reception in the pavilion. However, Jones said he felt like a dying man and ranted about conspiracy theories and decried martyrdom. He probably was dying because uh, of the yeah. quaaludes. It was later reported that Jones had run rehearsals on how to convince Ryan's group that everyone in Jonestown was happy and in good spirits. I would say about the weather that uh, we always have some sunshine every day. That's that's good. Pass. Always have some sunshine every day. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. Just say thank you. Stop the dad now. Let's practice. Uh, what would you find wrong with this place? Um, I don't find anything wrong. I've had more opportunities here than um, any other than I ever did at the States. I have a chance to learn skills that I've never learned before, and uh, I. It's just, it's a fantastic place. There's no. You might say before I came into this church, I was wasting my life on drugs and that sort of thing, you know, something right. like that. That's I haven't had any need for drugs and haven't committed a crime of any kind since I got in the church because my life is fulfilled. It's fulfilled with happiness. Everybody cares for everyone. You got the idea? Right. Little ideas. Pass. Okay. When you refer to Jonestown, how do you refer to it? I refer to Jonestown as a, uh, a very nice place. Um, the weather, the, I've heard that a very nice place, uh, equality, people get along real, real well, uh, there's no crimes or anything that I know of, uh, people they get along with white and black all together, and, uh, I mean, being equal, and, uh, treating anyone right and helping each other in, 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 in any best way that they can, you know mm -hmm. how? Good enough. I'd say it's a community. That's what I was after. Jonestown's a community, too. Speak of Jonestown as a community, not the family. But that's good. You gave good, good response. Next. Um, for our discipline, what do we do in Jonestown? We uh, take away uh, extra privileges like shows and uh, for the children. Sometimes the classes go on field trips and things like that. Yes, I only do that a couple of days. They never have to do it more than a couple of days. Usually everybody's straightened up, and that's about getting the record anymore. People get straightened up in that. Say that um, they, they just, some, some treats, 
No, I wouldn't know. Don't we don't deny treats? No, no, no. We don't deny, deny treats. Never. We never have, and so we don't say that. They would never do it in the term of denial of treats. Say, in fact, in some of the younger people, the way of discipline is they like to work so much that we set them aside and watch others work or do their classwork, and that seems to have a greater effect on them than if we uh, would have some other form of the old antiquated, the old ideas of punishment. Understand? Yeah. Pass. Thank you. Don't say mostly, because then they'll start you open another one. So I don't know anybody here that wants to go back. You understand? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. Thing is to get your questions over with and be friendly and chat with them, and then finally, if it gets too heavy, say, "I got to," you know, different reasons. You can say, "I got to get back to uh, something I'm doing. I was uh, doing a, a project, or I've got to go to the bathroom." Excuse me. You know, well, you know, natural human things. I believe they do believe socialists piss and crap now and then. I doubt it. They understand that. You're, you're yeah, so they were like actually rehearsing what to say. That's wild. I would never. And there's uh, that clip right there that we just put in, you know, the one you just heard? Yeah. That was uh, clips of them rehearsing what to say and what not to say. So, <clears throat> personally, what if you just took the cup and then kind of poured it down your shirt, but like act like you were drinking and you went, and went down? It probably then, would have shot you. I would just act like I was dead. I was like, oh. That's that's probably a pretty good idea, but I think most people there were like, uh, no, I want to die. Oh, yeah. See, I would have been like, oh, passed out. And then when everybody was dead, I would have looked around and been like, all right, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Send me to Russia. During, during the Soviet Union, yes. during uh, his visit, numerous members approached Ryan and expressed a desire to leave with him, which is interesting because if you think back to last episode towards the beginning, when they were like talking about how they were claiming people's social security benefits and all that kind of stuff, they had a, a U.S. officials from Georgetown come and like nobody of the people that they interviewed were like, no, I want to leave. It's messed up here. Nobody said that. But now yeah. one day people are like, get me the fuck out of here. I want to go home. And so in the early morning of November 18th, 11 temple members foresaw enough danger to walk out of Jonestown in the opposite direction of Port Kaituma airstrip, where Ryan's party was situated. This group contained members of the family of Jones's own head of security. Oh, so, oh, so he knew what was going on. He's like, look, we got to get out of here. Yeah, they're not even going with Ryan. They're like, opposite direction. We he, just got to leave. He probably came and was like, look, kids, Jimbo's about to go crazy tonight. So we got to get the fuck out. Well, the I'm, thing is, I don't even think he was there. Like I said, of security, I think it was just members of his family. He's probably like, oh, so here's, a, here's a heads up, leave. His, so he was like, so Jimbo's going to go crazy in a little bit. Get the fuck out of here. And I know Ryan is on the other side. So you go that way. Because shit's going to go down with Leo Ryan too. They're going to shoot this fucking motherfucker up. And you guys get in the woods and then come out afterwards and go like, just, just take us to America, please. So that afternoon, the Parks and Bogue families, as well as others, stepped forward and asked to be led out of Jonestown by the Ryan party. When Jones, uh, Jones's own adopted son tried to persuade them against it, Parks told him, no way. It's nothing but a communist, uh, excuse me, a communist prison camp. Oh, shit. So they're turning on him at this point. Which I think probably hits Jim Jones pretty hard because he's talked several times. He's like, we're not going to stay in America and get put in concentration camps. And this guy is like, no, I am staying here. It's a communist prison camp. So even though I've heard Jim speak before, I picture him as that big giant like uh, chicken 
from that Looney Tunes show, I, I vision him saying, "Look, Foghorn Leghorn." Yeah, he's like, "Look, look, look!" I said, "I said, I said, I said, y'all need to stay here now." <laughs> now I did nothing wrong. I just wanted to have a quaalude every now and then. I said, I wanted to get a quaalude every. And look, I said, I said, I said, ain't nothing wrong with a quaalude every now and then. And y'all want to leave me now? Why don't we all just take some quaaludes and just chill out? I said, I said, drink that punch right there. He said, I said, I said, I said, open, open the fridge. Why don't we all have some some quaaludes and some some rubber steaks? I said, don't look at that torture hole. (laughs) Walk right past it. And now I'm going to lay back and have me one of them good old quaaludes and call it a night. And when I wake up, I said, I said, I said, we're going to have some, we're going to have some punch and call it a night. Oh my God. You know, now I'm not going to be able to think of him any other way. What is Paul calling the way home? So while the majority at this time, so while majority of Ryan's party makes their way for Port Kaituma airstrip, Ryan stays behind to process any additional defectors. <laughs> while this was happening, a temple member grabbed Ryan, wielding a knife. The man was wrestled away, and Ryan uh, event ultimately was unhurt, but it was now urgent that Leo Ryan leave as the situation only grew in hostility. Why? What? Why would he, just because he got a knife pulled out on him? Yeah, he's like, oh shit, this is, I'm not as welcome here, or not, I guess I'm not welcome, because I feel like even though they were putting on a charade, I don't think he ever really felt that, but he's like, they're going to kill me. These people will actively hate me and want me to die. Oh, so he knew, like, this was basically a setup. Uh, well, I think he worried that there he's like, I'm trying to, I'm literally destroying and shutting this whole Jonestown thing down. So this is when you go in with the whole crew. You don't just like be like, I'm dipping afterwards. No, you go in deep with the whole team. After they would have pulled a knife on me, I would have been like, all right, I would have got on the phone, called the president and said, hey, look, dude, send him in. Bring everybody because we're going in tonight. So one member um, to step forward as a defector was Larry Layton of which many of the other defectors were suspicious. Hmm. And we'll get into that a little more in a minute. So the caravan reaches the airstrip around 4.30, at which point the planes had not arrived on schedule. This is in part because an additional plane was now required since there was un- an unprecedented amount of defectors. Oh, guys, two or something. Oh, guys? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then he has six people that are going to be coming back. Yeah, so many people wanted to leave. They're like, oh, shit, we got to get another plane in here. We can't fit all of you. Yeah, because everything started. And everyone knows it's going left at this point. I would want to leave, too. I'd be like, look, Jim, I'm done. And he'd be like, I said, I said, I said, you need to stay here. <laughs> so the group, the group um, began boarding around 5 p.m. Layton was a passenger on the Cessna, the first aircraft to set up for takeoff. After the Cessna had taxied to the end of the airstrip, Larry Layton pulled out a pistol and started shooting at passengers. He wounded two members before being disarmed by Parks. He didn't even kill anyone? No. Oh, he's terrible at his job. Meanwhile, some passengers had boarded the Twin Otter, during which a tractor with a trailer 
driven by members of the temple's Red Brigade security squad, arrived. Of course they did. The Red Brigade, excuse me, the Red Brigade opened fire on the Twin Otter, brandishing shotguns, handguns, and rifles. Did it bring that bad boy down? Five members were killed at this point, including Leo Ryan, who was shot more than 20 times. So they got him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty In, thoroughly. Insert clip of George Bush saying, we got him. <laughs> right here. Ladies and gentlemen, we got right him. Right here. So what's interesting is that uh, we know that Ryan was like, oh, I got a knife pulled on me. I got to get out of here. This I'm is serious. this is a hostile environment. Insert that clip of George Bush saying, we got him right here. Right, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> you better make a note. Um, But before leaving for the airstrip, Leo Ryan, despite having that knife pulled on him, had said that he would issue a report that, that described Jonestown relatively favorably. This was because none of the 60 relatives he interviewed mentioned, uh, I guess, re- yeah, relatives. So there's the, this organization called the Concerned Relatives, but like the people there, their relatives. None of the 60 people he interviewed mentioned wanting to leave, and the 14 defectors constituted a very small percentage of Jonestown population. Uh, so remember that the population is almost a thousand people. And if yeah. only 14 want to leave, he's like, oh, that's a fair amount. Enough that we need more than one plane, but not so much that this is like a terrible place. Shit, how small are these planes again? They're uh, they're pretty small. I don't even know how big a Cessna is, but it's like a pretty small plane. Um, So he noted that any sense of imprisonment the defectors had, uh, had to experience was likely due to peer pressure and a lack of physical transportation. He'd said that even if 200 people had wanted to leave, Quote, I'd still say you have a beautiful place here. A 44-minute cassette tape was recorded of the final meeting held under the pavilion. Before the meeting, aides prepared a large metal tub with grape flavor aid, poisoned with Valium, chloral, hydrate, cyanide, and phenergan. Why all that? You could have just did cyanide and called it a night. Or even just volume. Just really hammer it home, He wanted to make sure. He's like, everybody's dying tonight. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure of it. I'm double dipping all these. I'm not going to lie. If I was a guy making it, I would pull a little bit of a good batch to the side. Yeah. Myself, you know? So then everyone would be drunk and I would have been like, <laughs> <laughs> you're all dead. 
So at this point, there's the gathering, and this is what Jones tells the gathering. To, to sit here and wait for the catastrophe that's going to happen on that airplane, it's going to be a catastrophe. Almost happened here. Almost happened. The congressman is nearly killed here. But you can't steal people's children. You can't take off with people's children without expecting a violent reaction. And that's not so unfamiliar to us either. If we, even if we were Judeo-Christian, if we weren't communists, the world, the kingdom, suffers violence, and the violence shall take it by force. If we can't live in peace, then let's die in peace. Because what's going to happen here in a matter of a few minutes is that one of those people on that plane is going to, going to shoot the pilot. I know that. I didn't plan it, but I know it's going to happen. They're going to shoot that pilot, and down comes that plane into the jungle. And we had better not have any of our children left when it's over, because they'll parachute in here on us. I'm telling you just as plain as I know how to tell you, I've never lied to you. I never have lied to you. I know that's what's going to happen. That's what he intends to do, and he will do it. And one temple member said that they would capture the children and convert them to fascism. On the death tape, Jones urged members to commit that revolutionary suicide that he'd mentioned prior. Some followers believed that they would possibly be reincarnated. The first to take the poison was Ruletta Paul and her one-year-old infant. Listen to our episode on reincarnation and understand why that doesn't make sense. <laughs> a syringe with a needle fitted was used to squirt poison into the infant's mouth. Mm. The poison caused death within five minutes. Of course it would. It's an infant. After ingesting the poison, people were escorted away down a wooden walkway outside the pavilion. It is unclear if the first people thought this was another white knight rehearsal. Yeah, to endure long enough in a safe place to write about the goodness of Jim Jones. I don't know how in the world they're ever going to write about us. It's just too late. It's too late. The congressman's dead. The congressman today is dead. Many of our traitors are dead. They're all laying out there dead. And the older children can help love the little children and, and reassure them. I'm crying from pain. It's just a little bitter tasting, but they're, they're not crying out of any pain. Raising up every morning and not knowing what's going to be the night's bringing, it's much more difficult. It's much more difficult. I just want to uh, say something to everyone that I see that is standing around and uh, crying. This is nothing to cry about. This is something we should all rejoice about. We should be happy about this. They always told us that we should cry when you're coming into this world. Well, when we're living and we're living it peaceful, I think we should be, we should be happy about this. To have to watch you every day die slowly, and from the time you're a child to the time you get gray, you're dying. dishonest and I'm sure that they'll they'll pay for it. They'll, they'll pay for it. This is a revolutionary suicide. This is not a self-destructive suicide. So they'll pay for this. They brought this upon us. And they'll pay for that. I leave that destiny to them. It's not to be feared. It is not to be feared. It's a friend. It's a friend.
you're sitting there, show your love for one another. Calm, let's get calm, let's get calm. To us, we had nothing we could do. We can't, we can't separate ourselves from our own people. with a degree of dignity. Lay down your life with dignity. Don't lay down with tears and agony. There's nothing to death. It's like Max said. It's just stepping over into another plane. Don't, don't be this way. Stop this hysterics. This is not the way for people who are socialists and communists to die. No way for us to die. We must die with some dignity. Soon we'll have no choice. Now we have some choice. You think they're going to allow this to be done and allow us to get by with this? Must be insane. Children, it's just something to put you to rest. Oh God. Mother, 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 please. Mother, please, 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 don't, don't do this, don't do this. Stay down your life with your child, but don't do this. Take our life from us. We laid it down, we got tired. We didn't commit suicide, we committed an act of revolutionary suicide protesting the conditions of an inhumane world.
but the name of the man has not been disclosed. Meanwhile, unconfirmed reports reaching Georgetown say there have been mass suicides at the Jonestown settlement, and government spokesmen said they had received the report and have sent out an army officer to verify it. Guyanese troops reportedly have arrived now in Jonestown. The Associated Press reports the troops have said nothing about reports of mass suicides in the commune. Earlier today, the Guyana government announced the arrest of an American suspected of taking part in the killing. It's Larry John Layton, whose age and hometown are not known. The State Department now says attorneys Mark Lane and Charles Gary are in Jonestown, Guyana. Lane, Gary, and several others have been believed missing since last night's attack. ABC's Ted Koppel at the State Department says there has been radio communication between the commune and Guyana's capital of Georgetown, which is how the State Department learned the two were safe. Lane and Gary were in Guyana to act as counsel for Jim Jones, the founder of Jonestown. When all was said and done, 918 people lay dead, including 276 children. Whoa. This is the greatest single loss of American life in a deliberate act until September 11th. Damn. How long? When was that? Oh, you know, okay. What year is this? Yeah. This is 1978. So, shit, they had the record for a long time. Yeah. Jim's like, I said, I said, I said in hell. <laughs> I said I had the record for a very long time. I still have it to this day. That's crazy, though. As I'm in hell. 970, uh, how many did I say? 900... Uh, 918 people, 276 kids. I mean, it is what it... Oh, I said it is what it is. It's not what it is. <laughs> but look, you know, sometimes... Sometimes people die for terrible causes. And they wait to times like this for it to happen. So after this, a Guyanese government plane arrived uh, the following morning to evacuate the wounded. That's a... Oh, so people survived? Most of the people that survived were people like at the airstrip that didn't uh, weren't drinking Yeah. It. So everyone who was in the place is dead. Yeah. That is rough. That's a rough sign like a rough scene to come to. Like you gotta that's someone Yeah, so actually in the, the cleanup department had a we'll talk about that in a, a second. A good too. overtime check. So lawyers Gary and Lane were told that the members were angry. Uh, with them, and they were escorted to a house used to accommodate visitors prior to the final meeting. They claimed they were able to talk their way past armed guards and then fled into the jungle and made their way to Port Kaituma, where they uh, began to hear gunshots. So they, like, get out, and then they get to the airstrip right as the Red Brigade is attacking. Oh, so the Red Brigade's still alive, and they're going ham now. No, this is this is last this night. Is, this is just some, this this is pretty, is some of the aftermath. Yeah, okay. so they escape. These two lawyers for the People's Temple escape, and they make it to Porcatuma and witness everything. Ah. In the early evening of November 18th, the temple's headquarters uh, in Georgetown, uh, oh, excuse me, in, in the early evening of November 18th, in the temple's headquarters in Georgetown, member Sharon Amos received a radio communication from Jonestown instructing the members at the HQ to take revenge on the temple's enemies and then commit revolutionary suicide. Later, after police had arrived, Sharon escorted her three children into the bathroom, where she killed two of them. Oh, shit. And then herself, before her final child also committed suicide. Wait, so she kills her two kids? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like they didn't do, they didn't want to do this. Yeah. So she killed them. And then her one daughter, or I think it was a daughter, um, helps her c- commit suicide. And then that daughter commits suicide herself. Shit, dude. I would have helped her commit suicide and looked at her and did the... Uh, They're uh, so uh, brainwashed uh, at this uh, point. Uh, 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 and then slowly walked out of the bathroom and went home. Well, there is no home, but went to someone's home. Probably went to Russia. Yeah, Soviet Union. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the end point for me. So the temple headquarters in San Francisco became the subject of an onslaught from me, from national media. The event populated headlines and magazine covers for months. Surviving temple members feared for their lives. They feared being targeted by a hit squad of Jonestown survivors. Which remember when we talked about uh, the Myrtles? Yeah, and how they were like, could it, we think it was a Jonestown hit squad? And everyone's like, baloney. That's that's a bunch of fooey. Uh, people are now worried. Surviving temple members are worried that people from Jonestown are going to come after them. But the people from Jonestown are dead. Are they? Are all of them? Did some of them survive? That's the whole thing. Is like maybe some of them did survive. How? They didn't take the poison or something. So if they didn't take the poison, why would they then go to kill people? Because clearly they didn't take the poison. They didn't want to be they there. Wanted to just, they want to just wipe out the people's temple entirely. Oh, they want to finish it off and yeah. then take the... So Jim, Probably. So Jim said, okay, scene set. It's 12 p.m. No, 12 a.m. Jim's office. I said, I said, come on in here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to you real quick. See, on, on a Sunday afternoon, we's going to do the flavor aid suicide because we can't afford Kool-Aid over here. So what I said, I said, before we kill each other, I need you, my group of people I brought in here today, to go ahead and go back to the old place in California. California. And kill everybody else, I said, I said. I said, I said. Because if you don't do it, as he then loses his suspenders a little bit, he goes, oh. You're really painting a vivid image for me. Because if I, I said, I said, if you don't do it. I'm going to be reincarnated and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'll be a one-man hit squad. You ever see John Wick? Yeah, you ever seen that? It's based on me. I know it's I know it's 30 years, in, well, probably 80 years into the future at this point, but I can see the future. I'm going to tell you, when I die, even though it's going to take me, I'm going to go through the whole stages again and become an adult. When I do, I said, I said, I was going to kill you. I think it's interesting, the reincarnation thing, because if you um, remember the Father Divine thing, yeah. when he when his wife died and he marries this like young woman, he's like, uh, this is the reincarnation of her, of my old wife. And everyone's like, all right. And yeah. so this kind of same thing, he's like, all right, everybody commit suicide. Uh, reincarnation is a thing. And they're all like, all right, we believe you. It's an interesting parallel. I said, I said it is. <laughs> So in 1979, the Associated Press reported on a U.S. congressional aide's claim that there remained, quote, 120 white brainwashed assassins out from Jonestown awaiting the trigger word. Oh, the Caucasian strike again. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting that they said they were white. Yeah. Yeah. Jonestown 2, the Caucasian strike again. Or it can be the whites at it again. Or white people so crazy. So Temple Insider Michael Prokes, um, which he's come up in the episode a few times, in these episodes a few times. He was, uh, if you remember our second episode when they were in California. Well, said his name was Michael Phelps. No, Prokes. <laughs> uh, when, if, when they remember that uh, 
they were getting that national expose day and that yeah. one priest went there and said a bunch of bad things and we played the, some of the court hearings or the statement mm-hmm. from them. That was Michael Prokes reading that. Um, he was a prominent figure in the organization. So Temple Insider Michael Prokes, who had been ordered to deliver a suitcase containing containing Temple funds to the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Was it an envelope of a million dollars? It was however much money they had left, I guess. I hope they were all in separate envelopes again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, $500,000, bunch <laughs> he, of checks. He just shows up. This is an envelope of a million dollars to the Russian Kremlin. And he open it. It's literally just a single dollar. No, it's just a, a million dollar bill. So he Jim on the front of it. He was tasked with that. So he didn't die in Jonestown, but he committed suicide in March of 1979. Prokes is one of three. Oh, so the, okay. So then this does said that Jim did have some people live. Prokes was one of three high-ranking temple survivors who claimed they were given an assignment and thus escaped the mass suicide. Mm-hmm. They were also orders to transfer money from a list of accounts um, totaling over $7 million to the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Prior, Prokes sent notes to several people containing a 30-page statement he had written about Damn, People's Temple. I'm not reading that. Prokes arranged a press conference. This is insane, okay? So Prokes arranged a press conference in a modesto motel uh, motel room where he read a statement to the eight reporters who attended. He then excused himself, entered a restroom, and shot himself in My the head. My name is Mike Prokes. I came to People's Temple almost six years ago to do a documentary for television on Jim Jones and his movement. I resigned my job as a news bureau chief and joined People's Temple because I saw it was the greatest cause for social justice I had ever encountered. And it was led by the most principled and compassionate human being, Jim Jones, that I had ever met. I know this because I've worked closely with Jim and seen him work all hours of the day and night, often going days on end without sleep through the most severe physical pain and mental anguish caused by the harassment of others, the problems that they brought to our organization. But he did it simply because he cares for people more than anyone I know. We left the United States because we were not permitted to live by our communist principles. To live as a communist in a capitalist society automatically targets you for destruction. Because we stood up for every political prisoner and the liberation of black and oppressed peoples, We were harassed continuously. Our buildings were burned down. Our animals were tortured. Our phones were tapped. Our people were harassed and threatened every day. Because we saw the impossibility of changing the basic structure of monopoly capitalism, which favors the rich and which is protected by a huge corporate military industrial complex, we collectively made the decision to leave the United States rather than be destroyed by a conspiracy. We built the most advanced and productive cooperative community in the world here in Guyana, in my opinion. But the conspiracy against us has been carried from the United States to Guyana and has been a continuous disruption of our lives. I've traveled all over the world and I've never found a community like this where there is no racism and no human exploitation. But because the conspiracy will not leave us alone to build to serve and to live in peace, I have decided to commit revolutionary suicide because I see no other viable alternative. This decision was not made compulsively, 
but only after listening to hundreds of hours of discussion and participating in that discussion. If there was any way we could live as a group without harassment under this most advanced community, under this most advanced communist lifestyle, we would do it. But I feel like we are a people out of place and out of time, and so I choose to die proudly here in the, the place that we built, the most beautiful place in the world. They're really theatric. That's insane. Could you imagine being like, yeah, here's stuff about Jonestown. If you excuse me for a second, and he just kills himself. The reporters are like, uh, okay. Okay, well, uh, and that's when Jim kicks in the back door. I said, I said, I told you it was going to happen this way. <laughs> so the clip that I included um, there, I believe that's the one, um, if you remember our White Knights thing where people were talking about how their, their willingness to commit revolutionary suicide, mm -hmm. that was Michael Prokes' statement about his willingness to do it. It's kind of, it's kind of sad. I mean, the whole situation is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I even made a note here. That recording was made while Prokes was still at Jonestown during a white night. Though the revolutionary suicide mentioned there is not what befell him, something about his words and the language he used is particularly haunting when you look at what happened later. And prior to the mass suicide, Temple member Paula Adams engaged in a romantic relationship with Guyana's ambassador to the U.S., Lawrence Mann. They later married, but on October 24th, 1983, man fatally shot Adams and their wife before committing suicide. Wait, wow. she did? No, uh, he did. Oh, so, wait, what was his role again? He was the U.S. ambassador um, to Guyana, which is where Jonestown was. Wow, so now you got me thinking that Jim and did Paula And Paula Adams was a uh, Temple member. Jim told him to do it. Following the incident at the end of 1978, the temple declared bankruptcy and its assets entered uh, receivership. On December 4th, 1978, Charles Gary, one of the lawyers, um, the corporation's attorney, which I guess Jonestown or uh, People's Temple is a corporation, petitioned to dissolve People's Temple. The petition was granted in San Francisco Superior Court in January 1979. A handful of temple members remained in Guyana through May 1979 to wrap everything up. The Los Angeles People's Temple will just suddenly cease to exist. It was caught up in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. How do you... S I couldn't stay there after all this shit that happened. This is Once we get down to... So there's a little bit more about the aftermath, and then we'll get into some discrepancies with the facts and some yeah. theories. So the temple's buildings in Los Angeles, Indianapolis, and Redwood Valley remain today some of which are used by church congregations. Ew. The House Foreign Affairs Committee keeps 5,000 pages of material related to the People's Temple classified to this day. Ew. And FOIA requests from multiple persons over the past three decades have been unsuccessful. Really? The bodies of over 400 of those who died are buried at a mass grave at Evergreen Cemetery in Oakland, California. They put them in a cemetery? Did Jim get buried in the cemetery? I don't know where uh, Jim Jones ended up. Really? Well, now we gotta Google. All right, you do that, and I'm gonna read you some stuff right here. So, several newspapers originally cited reports from the Guyanese army that 408 people had killed themselves and that more than 500 had actually successfully fled the incident. Keep in mind, what I just told you prior was that 918 people had committed suicide. 
but original reports had 408 people committing suicide and over 500 getting away. When the U.S. military arrived, the number gradually rose from 700 to finally over 900, which is the number that I read before. But how could the number uh, originally reported be so wildly different? You're going to want to hear this, Amir. So one U.S. official said the Guyanese, quote, couldn't count, but others suggest it was due to the piles of bodies decomposing around the compound. Damn. Yeah. I just love how they're like, they can't count. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first time they're like, the Guyanese, what are they now? They're like, dumb. They? they don't even know one, two, three. Like, come on now. I had one guy bring me out a four-piece chicken nugget. He only brought me three. <laughs> According to the New York Times, the first trained medical official on the scene was Guyanese coroner Dr. Dr. Leslie C. Mutu. He examined over 100 bodies during a 32-hour period, listen to this, and found that adults had been injected with cyanide in places that they couldn't have reached without assistance, such as between their shoulder blades. He also noted that many had been shot. Yeah, because I just looked and it said Jim got, Jim got shot in the head. That's how he died. Despite Guyana law requiring an autopsy for any unnatural death, the Americans insisted that the cause of death was readily apparent and additional inquiry was not necessary. Relatives and, official, and officials back in the U.S. complained about being kept from their, uh, the remains of their um, family. Yeah. Yeah. According to the New York Times, Dr. Sturmer, uh, then the president of the National Association of Medical Examiners, sent an open letter to the U.S. Army complaining about the handling of the remains and the illegal cremation of the victims. For several reasons, the bodies were not flown up, uh, flown up, uh, flown up for up to, yeah, for up to a week, um, before being flown to New, they, so it was, a, it, it was about a week before they were flown to New Jersey, um, uh, where they were examined, which is a week of being, of sitting in Guyanese sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which allowed for severe decomposition to occur. Yeah. Seven autopsies were ultimately conducted but the bodies were far too decayed to get real results. And you must wonder, why was there that delay? Were they trying to hide something more? I mean, hey, fuck it. At that point, they probably were like, yeah, we are. And what? Here's where it gets even crazier. Two years after the events, Leo Ryan's family filed a lawsuit alleging that Jonestown was an extension of MK Ultra. <laughs> yeah, so Leo Ryan, the congressman, his family is like, no, this is a government conspiracy which only had been uh, revealed three years prior to this. Experiments on unconsenting subjects, use of mind-altering drugs, torture, and sensory deprivation were key pieces of MKUltra, and also all acts that had reportedly occurred in Jonestown. I mean, technically, if you think about it, when we did do that episode of MK, did we do an episode of MKUltra? No, we okay, haven't. So when we well, have, we have, but... I don't know what you're talking about. But we haven't... That one time that me and you sat across from each other and we talked about MK Ultra without, without a table, <laughs> yeah, with no tables, and it was the fifty-one day in the year. But uh, we talked about that does fit like the because you got the Quaaludes, you got the LSD, you got all the all the shit that you could use for it mm -hmm. is there. And Jim did; he was talking to the government. Well, I'm glad that you're you're buying into it because. That may sound out there, but here are some things that kind of support it. Guyana, where Jonestown was founded, was once a CIA training camp for mercenaries. Okay. 
and George Blakey, who paid six hundred and fifty, or excuse me, who placed six hundred and fifty thousand dollars down payment on the land in nineteen seventy three, was one of the CIA agents that was um, trained there. Okay. Blakey was also mysteriously absent on the day of the mass suicide event, and his wife Deborah Layton was a major player in the Jonestown events as a whole. She was one of the first defectors to talk about what was really happening inside the People's Temple, and much of what she said directed public uh, thinking toward the church, leading to Ryan's visit. And in the end, it would be her brother Larry who would attack first on the airstrip. See, okay, also, another thing, what if they told Jim to go to Guyana? And said, we won't fuck with you out there. That's possible. And that's why he went there. But at the same time, they were like, we'll send you with some drugs if you want. We know you're into that, you know. Maybe he wasn't even into it. Because you got to think about it this way. The government is known to like try to shit on people who at that time were like huge into civil rights and that and whatnot. And like... Cause you remember yeah. they, you know, they yeah. tried to catch uh, Martin Luther King cheating and shit, just to you know run that in his face. But uh, so what did they send Jim over there? Shipped him with some quaaludes because they knew they already knew what the fuck would happen to someone's mind with the quaaludes and all that, and LSD and all those drugs. And Jim was probably doing them all by himself, mostly. So then that's why they slowly, Jim start to slowly deteriorate. And then out of nowhere, that's when he was like, let's kill everybody or let's all kill each other. And they're like, well, shit, let's write that down. So like, if you take all these drugs, it could end up to mass suicide. Yeah. So let me hit you with a recap really quickly. So Jonestown or Guyana used to be a site where, for CIA training. George Blakey was someone that was trained there, and he was also the person that placed the down payment on the land for Jonestown. He was absent on the day of the mass suicide, and his wife, Deborah, was a huge player in Jonestown as a whole, Deborah Layton. Her brother, Larry Layton, was the first person to attack on the airstrip. And their father, Dr. Lawrence Layton, was a senior scientist in the U.S. National Security Establishment who worked for many years on chemical and biological warfare programs. Hell yeah. Even though he wasn't a member of the temple... He was an active member in early fundraising, or at least that's how the story goes. U.S. Embassy official Richard Dwyer, who went to Jonestown with Ryan, is considered a more controversial figure in the scope of the events. That's because, uh, unknown to Ryan's party, he was also a CIA agent. The party also was unaware that Georgetown was home to a CIA station. It is unclear what role Dwyer played in the tragedy, but Jones make ref- makes references to Dwyer and his safety several times in the infamous death cave. Get Dwyer out of here before something happens to him. Dwyer? I'm not talking about you, Jara. I said Dwyer. Ain't nobody going to take you, Jara. I'm not letting them take you, Jara. However, Dwyer has since claimed that he was not in Jonestown at this time. But in fact, um, he was at Port Kaituma when the shooting happened, where he remained uh, after the shooting. Dwyer himself was wounded in the gunfight uh, in the early hours of November 19th, before the bodies had been discovered. 
um, excuse me, in the early hours of November 19th, before the bodies had been discovered, the CIA's NOIWON secure radio channel reported mass suicides at Jonestown. It's unclear whether or not this was Dwyer reporting it. However, this may correspond with encoded radio message, uh, messages being delivered at a similar time. This message, which Douglas Ellis remarked, was meant for a select group of officials um, and said, quote, A lot of people have seen Mr. Fraser, excuse me, or Mr. Fraser. I think Mrs. Brownfield has offered to help. This message may sound like nonsense, but the Temple Radio Codebook translates the phrases as, quote, People have died. Do whatever you can to even the score. Like he was about to leave. Dwyer? Yes. He was actually going to leave and go like, all right, it's getting fucking crazy out of here. He probably was like, dude, I'm coming back. This shit is about to go left. I need to leave now. And then Jim, Jim was like, I said, I say, no, you're not. Well, Jonestown, or Jonestown, Jim Jones remarked on the death tape about wanting him to be safe. Oh. Yeah. So Jim's like, I want him to be He's safe. He's like, don't hurt him, basically, which is really weird. But his crew was like, somebody else could have found out and was like, no, fuck you, Jim. We're hurting that son of a bitch. Yeah. And then they shot him, and he's like, fuck, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And that's why the tape, he's like, people have died. What if some agents died? What if some CIA agents died? And he's like, people have died. Fucking kill everyone now. Yeah. And he's like, now it's on. So what if they didn't kill? It would have been a war. What if? Okay, what if the reason why Jim decided to do the full-on ritual suicide is because Jim knew that if he didn't do it, the CIA would have came in and murdered everyone. So instead of being murdered, he's like, I can leave out on my own terms. Because mm-hmm. what if at the end, Jim wasn't even in control? He was probably losing control and he probably noticed it. Maybe he was being puppeted by the CIA. Maybe he was being puppeted and then he told them, he's like, dude, I'm losing control. I'm losing it. I, 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 even if, what if he wasn't even in control by the CIA? It was just someone who was a part of the CIA on the inner circle that was telling them things to do. And he was listening and he was like, Dude, I'm losing it. I'm almost done with it. And then at the same time, I'm like, all right, so uh, Jim's like losing control out here. We need to fucking end this now. And then Jim was like, but I said, I said, I said, I said, I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. Don't bring nobody out here. Just just give me some time. In a weird way, he was protecting himself. Give me some time. Just give me some time. It'll be okay. I said, I said, we. I'll send you some money. And they were like, A bunch of envelopes. And he was like, no, Jim. You're already beginning to fuck up. You're talking to Russia? Now you're pulling this shit? We let you slide on the communist part. We're shutting you down now. But this shit right here, 
We're not shutting you down, Jim. You're dead. We're fucking, you know what we're doing? We're nuking you, but with these fucking pistols, dude. We're coming in, guns blazing. And and what if they, because you know the CIA is also terrible at what they do at times. No offense to the CIA if you're listening. I love you guys. But, you know, the Bay and Pigs or whatnot, how they, you know, botched that shit up. So what if they were originally supposed to come in guns blazing? But then Jim started, you know, offing people. That's why the dude Larry probably went and just started shooting because he was like, I don't know if these are CIA agents or these are just regular people. Yeah. Either way, fuck them. And then that's what the dude was like, go in. Well, back to MKUltra for a minute. Congressman Leo Ryan's chief of staff, Joseph Halsinger, suspected CIA involvement at Jonestown. And in 1980, he learned of a study done at the University of Berkeley known as the Penal Colony. Ooh. This paper allegedly detailed how MKUltra supposedly ended in 1973, but had actually continued to exist, moving from hospitals and government facilities to religious cults. Hmm. Maybe cults like Jonestown. To Halsinger, many things didn't make sense, one of which was the vast quantities of pharmaceuticals recovered. It far defied the needs of an agricultural community of around 1,000. Plus, how did they get them? Working long days on little food. Plus, for me, it's a how did they get them. The reason why I ultimately think that the CIA was involved at points, for sure, was because how close Jim was with like the government as a whole. Like, Jim was a fucking superstar. He had connections. It wasn't like he was like, if it was just like a religious cult that was like, you know, they all killed themselves. And sure, yeah. But like, this was different. Like, mm-hmm. Jim had connections. Jim was in the spotlight. He was boogieing. Probably has a picture with the president somewhere. All right. Well, I got two more things. Let me just wrap this up really quick. Um, so the, these drugs um, that, that Halsinger mentioned... Uh, as we mentioned previously, included quaaludes, valium, morphine, demerol, sodium, pentothal, uh, chloral hydrate, thallium, and tons of thorazine. These drugs are largely noted for their mood-altering and hallucinogenic properties, which were sort of uh, which were the sort that the CIA had employed in MKUltra. We know that Jim Jones and the People's Temple engaged in mind control techniques adopted from the Chinese. But the question is if these were all part of something even more nefarious than their religious cult. It's said that while Jones traveled to Brazil, scouting for the location, he studied more outlandish religious and spiritual practices. Some speculate that this was under the direction of the CIA. That is where you end. Wow. I think it's very plausible, the CIA, because you think like, you're like, okay, MK Ultra maybe. And then you're like, you go through the Leightons and Dwyer and his name coming up and you're just like, that's so weird. Why? And also, why is those, all those pages so classified? Also, add on to it, Jim... 5,000 pages Jim classified still. Jim wasn't buried. Just looked it up. Jim was cremated. They cremated him. They buried everyone else. How do they... So he was shot in the head? Yes. They don't know how he was shot in the head. They just know he was shot in the head, and he was cremated by the government. Yeah, well, then you can't ever, like, um, exhume the body or anything like that. You can't exhume the body. You can't visit it. There is no religious spot. They're saying is that, like, 500 or 400 or 500 people were cremated, like, without um, permission from the families, and people were really upset about that. But, yeah, what if they were trying to hide something? I would. That doctor in the first 36 hours found, you know, gunshots on a bunch of different people, and he found, like, 
injections where they couldn't have injected themselves. So it's like, well, what, what was going on? Well, I guess it wasn't just the, the flavor aid. Which I also think it's interesting that Kool-Aid takes all the, yeah, the heat for it the, and it wasn't even yeah, Kool-Aid. Yeah, like, what the fuck? If I was a Kool-Aid man, I'd be like, this is some bullshit. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's busting in. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah. No. Is that what, he, is that what he sounds? Kind of. <laughs> he does a, oh, yeah. You know, but he would do like, this is some bullshit. So at the end of the day, folks, I said, I said, I died. <laughs> I died in a blaze of glory. And I said, I said, I was fucking burned alive. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else you want to add to this? This was more clean than the uh, when. <laughs> See, this the only reason I think that it was CIA related is because I've seen what the government can do when it is not like this, and it's literally usually more messed up. Like Waco, Texas. Yeah. They came in their guns fucking blazing, <laughs> and they blew shit up. As opposed to Jim, who went out like as in, uh, I'm just gonna kill myself. But no, that might be different in ideologies. Because in Waco, they were like, look, we're burning shit down. If we're ending, we're ending with a blaze of fucking glory. We're shooting this motherfucker all the way up. But Jim was like, I'm just over. It's over. Where are they getting guns? Where are they getting all this shit outside of Russia? Probably Guyana, Guyanese officials. They had, It was pretty corrupt there. Partially yeah. because of them. Yeah. Well... It's not anymore. And how were they getting all the, the drugs? Yeah. How were they getting so that much cyanide? Jim had a jeweler's license. That's how that's how it was thing. That was his reasoning for getting cyanide. I'm like, who believed that Jim Jones <laughs> is a jeweler? Hey, hey, hey. I said, I said, I said, you don't know what I do on my free time. He's for, they said it was, he's using it for cleaning gold. I'm like, hey, what? You, you know I got that drip. I said, I said, I said, look at the look at the gold teeth. I said, I said, I said. But as they say, well, not as they say, but as we all know. The worst part of the story is we'll never know what truly happened. Yeah, maybe we will. I'd like to see what's in those 5,000 classified pages. We'll never see what truly happened. You know, sometimes the list, maybe they'll release it in like 60 years. We'll come back and do a <laughs> revisit. <laughs> we'll revisit it like, hold on. This is elderly me and elderly <laughs> Tom. And we look, I said, I said, We're I 80 said. years old. <laughs> I said, I said, I said. Your dentures fall out. Fuck. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I don't think we'll ever know what happened. All right. So, do you want to plug what you're going to do next week? This is the finale of our Jonestown episode. Thank you guys for listening. But next week, we're getting back to Amir. He's going to do a host for an episode. You want to talk uh, about so briefly or anything about what you're just give him a tease, what your topic so is? Next week, remember how last time when we did it? A show. I said I was gonna do the disappearance of the Beaumont children, and then I never did that. But this time, I'm actually gonna do that. So we're gonna talk about the family, the Beaumont family, and the disappearance of their three children. <laughs> and yeah, how they were never found. I'm so excited. We're gonna talk about that, and then fast forwarding into February, if you want to know the next time we're gonna do it deep dive like we've done for Jonestown like how we did a deep dive on Jonestown because we're going to do these probably maybe once a month maybe once a month we'll you know find a topic depends on how long they are yeah and deep deep dive on them so our next deep deep dive the deep 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 dish dive is going to be on D.B. Cooper that son of a bitch we're going to find out why he did it what plane did he jump out of is he alive question mark 
Probably not because that happened a really long time ago. But yeah, where's the money? Where's oh, where's the money? That's the next question. Do I have it? All right. Do you? You got that watch? <laughs> All right. Um, so just a reminder: you can join the club by following us uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Tom and Demir. That's T O M A N D E M I R. Join the club. Drink the Kool Aid with us. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not drinking it, but Tom would definitely will. <laughs> um, yeah, and wherever you're listening, it really helps us show out if you like rate and review it and all that stuff. iTunes, I don't think you can do it on Spotify, but any app that you use, it does help us. If you rate it, give it a good review, let us know, and tweet at us, like we said. What do you want to hear about? What are your thoughts on the episodes? That kind of thing. And if you really like the show, share it with people. Oh, God, they're coming for us. Yeah, shit, dude, that made me nervous. Um, uh, so, you want to close it out, Mr. A Foghorn Leghorn? I mean, Jim Jones? Well, see, like I said, I said, I say, first off, I said, I said, I love all of you. I know I was dead, but I love all of you. And like the good old Emir says every episode, we're at the end of him, because he's a fuck. I said, I said, damn, that episode was fucked. <laughs> <laughs>